Welcome to the Corner Office, where we bring you the latest news from the world of commercial real estate, the greatest voices in the industry, and the corporate chats you've been missing. Let's get to it. Okay, we're here with Dean Veet, who is one of the smarter people that I know. Dean went to DHS in Durban, where he studied engineering, then took a long sabbatical when he didn't finish it. Came back, computer science, it was one of the top in his class in maths and physics and all the rest of it, unlike moi. Uh, and basically is going to come and talk to us about electricity because we've got, I mean, we've got a number of clients, right? And we've all got the same problem. We've got, you know, the generators burning. We've got uh, the logistics guys can't logistic. We've got the manufacturing guys can't manufacture. It's like a drama. You know, every single time I hear someone, they're spending another 14 million rand on a generator and all the rest of it. So I thought today we're just going to chat about what are people doing out there? What are the cool solutions? I mean, I heard a guy, I was chatting to a mate of mine from school, actually, who's a definite hustler, but he said to me how he'd gone and found some guy selling cheaper diesel, and now he's chatting to all the landlords, seeing who's paying over 40 rand a, a liter or whatever it is, and he's selling it for less than that. And so there are just so many little opportunities coming out of this thing, but in general, it's a drama. We spoke to Chris Holdsworth from Investec. He's the, the chief investment strategist. He said, if we don't have a, an energy availability factor of 62% plus, we cannot grow as a country. There's no GDP growth. So let's talk about going into winter. What's going to happen? Thanks, John. Um, just to go back to what you were saying earlier, thanks for the introduction. I wouldn't say I'm the smartest guy in the room, but I appreciate the comment. Regarding South Africa's electricity availability and the situation that we find ourselves in, I think there's no secret. We've been in uh, stage four load shedding almost indefinitely for the past couple of months. It feels like this is just our norm. And obviously, have you got solar at home? I have to ask you. I do have solar at home. So it doesn't feel like quite the norm, but... Yeah, look, we still see it, uh, you know, robots... We're going to uh, shopping centres. Yeah, traffic lights are a drama. Traffic oh. lights, uh, road rage. I mean, you know, the, the average South African is, just doesn't have solar, and unfortunately, business is struggling, offices are struggling. So let's talk about some of the clients we work with, right? So mm. bigger guys are going to own a, a you know, diversified fund. They're going to have right. some retails. They're going to have some logistics. They're going to have some office. Typically, all I've seen in the office is that because offices, obviously, if you think about it, is a vertical building, right? You've got a very small roof, but you've got a lot of floors below it, right? So typically the office idea is put a generator in, whack as many solar panels on the roof as you can, which is probably going to power one light bulb, and then put a generator in. So every couple of hours, you know, certainly hours, light goes down, light comes back on, and the generators fire up and they're running in the, running in the garage. I mean, how, just the diesel alone, how are guys, you know, how are we... Well, how are landlords actually getting that much diesel in? What are the logistics behind it? Is it a drama? Yeah, look, it is a drama. I mean, as a CEO of a business, you understand what the your share of diesel will cost our office, for example. Yeah. I mean, that's not cheap. In our previous business, we had a small 150 square meter office that we were paying up to six, seven grand a month in diesel share a month. I mean, that's quite ridiculous. Huge, yeah. The logistics behind it, obviously, there are the diesel suppliers. Uh, you know, you wouldn't go to your normal petrol station and pay retail. You can get uh, buy diesel on wholesale. But again, it, it's a nightmare. Um, it's additional costs. Which Do you know what the numbers are there? I don't. I mean, we, uh, at, the, at the pump, you're paying 23 Yeah, I should rand, know this because I, I drive a, a diesel. Yeah, it's a, we're at about 24 rand a litre. 24, liter. yeah. Yeah, your wholesale diesel will be at about 22, 23 rand uh, a litre. It's not a hell of a lot of a saving, but when you start buying that, you know, 
diesel in volume in volume it is a massive yeah. yeah yeah but yeah look at the end of the day you know these costs just get passed down onto the tenant which then gets passed down ultimately onto the consumer okay so let's talk about that who pays because now you said and say okay i've got an office mm. i'm going to stick a generator in the landlord pays for that right so you're going to pay a couple of bar for that i mean these numbers ramp up significantly yes. i mean you can put generators from 20 million rand Plus, you know, so the landlord pays for that. Now, who pays after that? The tenant is obviously going to pay for their pro rata share of the diesel. Correct. Does anyone pay for a share of the capital cost of the generator? Um, yes and no. D- again, it depends. You know, is the is the generator specifically used for that tenant, or is sure. it a shared generator across an office park? Yeah. It will ultimately reflect in the rentals. They put the generator in. There's a generator levy. Maybe Correct. for the cost of the generator or whatever it is that just goes into your operating cost. And then after that, you get your utility cost of the diesel that, that comes in. Yeah. And back to what I was saying earlier, if you needed a specific generator for a specific purpose, you're running a data center for yeah, argument's yeah. sake. Different, yeah. Then, you, then the tenant would have to pay for that capital cost. It's quite specific. But if it's for just general lights, water, um, oh, lights, uh, you know, computers, et cetera, the landlord will typically put that in. But like you said, you know, you've got a generator levy, you've got your share of diesel. So I think the answer there, the short answer is the tenant pays. Got you. And okay, so now we've got the, let's say the retail and the logistics landlords, right? They've got a lot of roof space. Generally, they're going to chuck in solar. I mean, absolutely. That's going to be the obvious one to do. My understanding is that the landlords are saying, and specifically with a new spec that they come out, they're saying, we'll pay for the panels and the inverter, but not the batteries. Correct. You want batteries, you put in batteries. Because, I mean, you've got a solar production curve. Correct. And that means that the, as the sun's higher in the sky, it's produce, there's more light, more light's been received by the panels, you can produce more. So typically any normal 9 to 5, 8 to 5 type tenant, they pretty much can produce what they need. As long as they're not manufacturing. That's right. The logistics guys. That's right. If they're going to work around the clock are they going to work at night to make up the hours that they couldn't do whatever let's say they got a process line or something like that during the day they need batteries and batteries as i understand are the main cost yeah batteries come you expect to pay about 60 percent of your solar cost 60 percent as as high as that in, in just batteries um that is obviously the hardest part to get right i think there's a lot of emerging technology coming out these days um but we're still a long way from getting to a point where yeah. it's it's, it's viable for everyone. Yeah. Let's talk about the tech. Okay. So let's run through what these things actually do. What do you understand of the tech? Yeah, I well, don't understand well, much. Look, the, the, I just know the panels on the roof is an inverter, which I kind of see as a bucket. It's either getting supply from the grid or it's getting supply from the solar. It's drawing down quite quickly. So that bucket's going to empty in 10 minutes. And you just keep that thing filled up with whatever the supply is coming in. So it basically just causes an uninterrupted supply is basically the inverter. Correct. So that's that's a very, very basic way to look at it. But yes, that, that'll work. Um, so the batteries... As I said, I'm not the mathematician in the, in the room. Yeah, if, if you consider the batteries, you know, there's, there's, two, there's two specific types of batteries that the guys are looking at. I mean, everyone will know that your, your general lithium-ion battery that's a, a battery that is used with pretty much most solar solutions around the country, whether it's industrial or retail or residential solutions. But there is another battery that is now being introduced into the market for your higher-end industrial users, um, mostly for mines and, and big power users called uh, vanadium f- uh, redox flow batteries. 
They are massive. So they're about a 40-foot container per battery. And oh. you know, if you wanted a 4 MVA supply, you, or if you need a 4 MVA per hour battery, that's six 40-foot containers and a 20-foot container for the inverter. And how much does this 40-foot container battery cost? Well, the whole solution with the with the batteries and the solar and the installation, you're coming in at close to 80, 90 million. 90 million? Correct. Wow. For a six MVA supplier? Four. Four MVA supplier? Correct. Wow. Okay. Look, it, it is the upside of the vanadium battery is that you can cycle it forever, which means you can capitalize that investment over a 20-year period as opposed to a 10-year okay. period. Your lithium-ion batteries generally have a, a cycle life at around 10 years. So. Once okay. you've, once you've and so what would that cost, the lithium-ion, for the same kind of setup oh. for MVA? Look, it doesn't make sense because you're probably paying a r- roughly the same kind of money, but you now have to capitalize that investment over 10 years. Okay. Throwing the batteries that makes away. Sense, yeah. So, I mean, just for just for you know general discussion, uh, generally in a, in a sort of warehouse, you're going to look at a 10,000 square meter warehouse, which today, let's think about that, a 10,000 square meter warehouse today is probably going to cost you 120 million rand to build, excluding the land, around no, 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 the, including, the land, including the land, including the land. So about 120 million rand. So, so now, you, so for that type of warehouse, you'd probably use like what, 500 amps. Just if it's a just logistics warehouse, just put the lights on. No, you could get away with probably about 150 amps. Okay, so so to go for MVA, that means you've got quite a big supply coming in. So okay. you're a, you've got a. An assembly plant, you, you probably some manufacturing, Absolutely. you've got big machines running in there. Yes. Okay. So to just get just to put that in context, the whole building of the land costs 120 million Rand. Now you're the manufacturer, you're gonna go chuck in another ninety million Rand for the battery. Correct. Wow. Look, it is. Uh, and just to just to reiterate the complexity in the solution is that it's not just the solar. You're not looking at the solar and the battery on its own. You still need a generator. You still need electricity supply from yeah escom and you need the combination of the three to get the solution to work yeah and again you know there are there are companies out there that are independent uh, power producers and uh, we work with a few where they have funds set up to basically absorb this capital cost and then you buy that electricity back you from sell them. the electricity well yeah. they you buy it from them so they'll yeah. yeah they'll sell it to yeah. you at at around the ESCOM rates, probably just a little bit less, depending gotcha. on the solution. Okay. Just to talk about the, the producer, um, you know, in Cape Town, they've got this concept of wheeling electricity back into the grid. It's yep. about one rand a kilowatt hour, one rand, something like this. So you can go and wheel it back into the grid, right? What The concept is ultimately that what you need to be able to get right is that you can have a plant set up, a solar plant, these things are vast. I mean, just the biggest one in South Africa is just a little small percentage of the biggest one in the world. In the world. Yeah. You know, the, the, the ones in sort of China, for example, Correct. are absolutely enormous. I mean, you're talking about as far as you can see. Now, what the idea is, is that you could have a producer. That producer then wheels into the grid and ultimately could be selling to a customer in Chwani, Okay, but they're producing in Ikuruleni or in the Western Cape for that for that matter. But we don't have those agreements right. You can't wheel through the municipality, so you can't because there's going to be the 
not the distribution, the, the grid is the, the, the transmission, right? The transmission to get from one, because there are the connection of the cables and ultimately electricity in, it's not, it's not the same molecule that gets produced, that gets used. You're putting it into the system. Yes. It's going to get used somewhere else, but ultimately everyone needs to make a cut of this yes. okay, at some point. And we haven't got those agreements right. So if we got those agreements right, we could effectively, I mean, you could just get guys going to go produce. It's not like we're short of land in South Africa or sun. Yes, for that matter. Are there, is there any chat on that? Is there any, uh, like... Yeah, look, wheeling is, is a bit difficult because I think you alluded to it earlier. I mean, the areas in the country where you would set up these plants, whether it be a wind farm or a, a solar farm, those are generally further away from where we actually need the electricity. Gauteng, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, Vitbank, where we've got lots of mines, et cetera. Now, to, to wheel the energy from let's call it the Northern Cape, all the way to yes. Vitbank. Firstly, there's a problem. Yeah. Um, essentially, essentially what it is, is that there's agreements and private uh, interest where you've got the government signing across transmission rights yes. to certain players. Now, you know, that, that in itself stops just any uh, independent power producer produce, setting up a farm or a wind farm or a solar farm and then wheeling that electricity to Vitbank. So there's one problem. Uh, the agreements that you alluded to, where you've now got to have specific agreements between the, the Northern Cape municipalities and the uh, Limpopo municipalities, that in itself is another problem. So there are a couple of issues surrounding that. It does work quite well in some other parts of the world, but uh, yeah, I think we have some unique challenges. Yeah. And now Cape Town has got it right in its own grid. Correct. For, for you know, you and I, we're going to put some up on our roof and we can wheel it back in and effectively reduce our bill for the month or I don't know it, it looks shown as a credit maybe I, I, I do know that they have I mean there was a lot of talk about that and they've announced that they're going to allow solar you know residential solar users to sell their electricity back to the grid uh, or their excess capacity mm. back to the grid um, whether that's in place at the moment I'm yeah, it's in place. It's in place. Yeah, operating great. I mean, yeah, there's something still like still waiting for like 70, to get that right. seventy cents plus another twenty cents. Or something. It works out to roughly a rand, I think. That's great. I mean, yeah. you know that 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 should be rolled out across the country. Sure. Uh, I think there's also a problem with infrastructure. The infrastructure's aged. Um, very little maintenance. Uh, again, you've got to. Um, every single solar system has to be registered with the municipality. That's that is the case already. Um, you know, if you have a solar system that just plugs back into the grid and it starts p putting dirty power back in, you could blow up substations. So we, um, like I mentioned, we were, we were chatting to the guys uh, last week and they actually mentioned that, you know, we're probably going to see two to three years. I mean, there's such significant ramp up. Uh, last year, we put in enough solar in order, to, in order to be able to take us down one stage of load shedding. This year, another two stages of load shedding, okay? Yeah. But you've got to counter that with the fact that, you know, these they don't work at night. Not all of them are battery backup, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe you cut that in half. So you're down one and a half stages of load shedding. Right. There's been more investment in solar 
and sustainable electricity in the last couple of years than there has been in the previous 10 years because regulations have changed. I see, you know, you can get a tax, uh, you can get a tax deduction as a, a privateer, but you can also get a tax deduction as a private company to put these uh, solutions into your into your business. Have you seen any practical examples of guys actually saying, wow, that was an amazing uh, offer from the government, let's put it in? Or do you think they were doing it anyway? <laughs> and they're like, wow, that's a look, you know, I did it this year, not last year. Did it last year, you don't get that deduction yes, you right. did it this year you get the deduction so i wonder how much it it's going to take the edge off i suppose because i think it cuts the cost overall by like let's say 20 percent or something like that you know so it's actually just a bit of a it's not like put the solar in we'll pay for it it's put the solar in you can kind of get it 20 percent cheaper at the end of the year when you do your tax submissions etc right, etc yeah. et so and you don't have load shedding and you know yeah exactly that's the other thing so have you seen any practical implementation of that i haven't I personally haven't, no. Yeah. Um, I think it might, might be a little bit early. Like you said, a lot of this... Uh, People are still working it out, yeah. We're still working it out. And, and again, it's a tax return at the end of the year. Um, it's only, we've only been, yeah. only been on the table for a couple of months. So, yeah. so it'll be interesting to see. Look, I do think that we're in a... You know, I've, I've heard this, this kind of term being thrown around a bit. We're in a free economics type situation. No one planned this uh, intentionally, I, I hope. And uh, I think in the next 10 years, we're going to be better off for it. Um, I don't want to give credit to you where it's definitely not, but uh, we will lead the charge in terms of renewable energies across the globe because we have to. You see Leapfrog Solutions. I mean, it's it's exactly like, you know, um, guys just move straight into one format of technology being the cell phone as opposed to going in the original format being the, you know, computer. That we just kind of leapfrog that te technology. Yeah, I get that. Um, it's very much a Justin Tom that gets term that gets thrown around here all the time. This free economics, free economics, if I hear it again. It was uh, uh, Carl Haim, not... Uh, okay, Carl Haim, yeah. Carl Haim and Justin Tom are battling it out. I want to know, I, I got pulled into something a while ago, and it was, it, it, people were bleating about some shopping center, and they said it's because it's an underprivileged shopping center that, uh, you know, when there's load shedding, it just goes dark in the thing. But I was in Cavendish the other day, and it went dark. And as you know, well, Sakina's going to kill me, but Cavendish and I are old mutual. And it is... Why aren't there enough generators for that thing? I mean, is it just a cost thing or what's going on there? I mean, that's got to be one of the most popular shopping centers in the country. Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, I, I, I can't answer to, to why they wouldn't have sufficient generators or uh, you know, solar power, et cetera. You, you'll find rural retail centers uh, all the time that have the sufficient backup power to keep them running. Um, I just think, you know, from a shopping center point of view, it's... Uh, pose a significant risk to your tenants not to have electricity 24-7. I mean, particularly the type of uh, situation South Africans find themselves in, yeah. there's a lot of... What was the stat? There was something, uh, Woolworths came out with its results and they said they'd spent something like, I think it was 120 million rand on diesel. Correct, yeah. Wow. It's a lot of money. Hey, who pays for that? The consumer. This is why we've seen such food price inflation. Massive. You know, I was... Uh, Listening to another uh, chat this morning, and it was exactly that. That's the knock-on. All the load shedding is seeing food price inflation. Well, know. if 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 the, the the companies that are you know food producers or whoever it might be aren't passing these costs down, they fall over as a business. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're businesses. Yeah. And they need to keep the doors open. So crazy. Yeah. So we are projected for zero percent GDP growth this year. Um, some say it's a bit light. Some say we're in a recession. The UK is definitely in a recession. Correct. 
Um, UK is dealing with all of its own challenges. They've got rampant inflation. I mean, the numbers are just staggering. If you look at what their interest rates have done alone, guys have gone from, you know, your bond is like repayments like three times as much. I mean, can you imagine that? Yeah, no, that's uh, – look, I mean, we've had some inflation issues of our own. Yeah. Uh, we've had uh, a couple – Largely food. Food. Um, yeah, food and basics essentially yeah. is what it is. You know, you'll see electricity prices start to ramp now too yeah. as ESCOM is trying to – um, and finance, look, our interest rates have gone up. So the interest rate just went up another 50 basis points. Yeah. So, yeah, so the cost of capital, uh, the cost of food, cost of water. Water's the next uh, on the agenda here. I think there's a lot of guys planning for It's not because we don't have water, right? It's because the generators are not pumping the pump stations. I mean, well, we've got enough water. Well, yeah, so you... It, it doesn't stop raining here. There is a there's a kind of a host of, of, of issues here. One of them being what you just mentioned, which is, you know, you need... Water pumps to run to pump and fill the yeah. the water towers to ensure regular supply. You then have issues surrounding sewage stations uh, that can't effectively clean the water over the period it needs to in order to, um, you know, pump it back into the situation. Uh, this is my greatest fear. I mean, I got out to Cape Town the other day. You know, Cape Town is like everything's so amazing and beautiful, but actually they're dealing with their own challenges there. I mean, right. Fisher Beach was closed off the other day. They had a sewage pump station which broke. Uh, Durban's had an ongoing thing. Yeah, I still don't think you can swim close to the harbour. I no, think this is you, a drama. Yeah? I think you, you know, it's it's kind of. I live in Johannesburg. Go for a swim there and get a bit of pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, but to be honest, like I went to, I was in uh, Cape Town in December. We wanted to go down to the beach, Musenberg. Said no, sorry, pump station's broken. And yeah, that's now, right. You know, ugh. yeah. D- look, Durban Durban has uh, has its own set of challenges. So that's. Uh, Lack of maintenance for many years, as yeah. well as uh, you know some natural disasters, flooding, etc. Um, but yeah, uh, you know all of these things. Ultimately, if you if you go back further enough, it's, it's about electricity. You, know, you need electricity to m- keep these things running effectively. Electricity makes the world go round. Dean Viet, our uh, head mathematician at Galetti, uh, head of mathematics. I'm not head of uh, mathematics. We're going to do one of the, what are this? What did we used to do? Can you remember this? Like. It was, you had to either get to 21 and they'd give you like three letters on a card and you had to say five plus five times three plus six, you know, and you had to get to, I think it was 21. It was Wait, like is it not blackjack, John? Oh, God. <laughs> that wasn't standard five, it was matric. Go, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll end on that. He's caught me. Dean, thanks. Uh, thanks, thanks for giving us a, a chat on electricity and um, we worked out that you can get uh, cheaper diesel if you buy in bulk. Not that much cheaper though. Won't work for your BMW, John. Thanks, yeah.